0: Hello, hello, Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Wild Heart Diaries. I'm so glad you're here. It's always lovely to have you here if you're coming back, if you're family and this is somewhere you like to hang out regularly. It's lovely to see you. Hello. And if you're new here, you're very welcome. You're probably curious about the title, which is how tarot therapy can help with anxiety and depression. This is something I'm really passionate about, something which I teach and something which has helped me recover from my complex post-traumatic stress disorder of which anxiety and depression is just a slither of what that's like to live with. Thanks, CPTSD. Yeah. So um, what you've been up to? How you all doing? What's been going on? What have I been up to that I can share with you? Um, oh, I've discovered these really nice uh, chocolate peanut butter and banana things. I've been over on the TikToks. God, it's terrible over there. You can lose hours of your life. I made these. Um, you get like um little petit four cases. You know, like they're like mini cake cases. Melt some chocolate. Drizzle the chocolate in the bottom. Then you put a spoon of peanut butter on. Then you chop a slice of banana and stick that on. Then you drizzle more chocolate over the top of that and a sprinkle of Himalayan salt. Shove them in the freezer. Good Lord, I challenge you to make a batch of them and not eat them all by the end of the day. (laughs) Oh, wow. They're just so amazing. So amazing. Um what else have I been up to? Not a lot, really. I've been hermiting and creating. I did create this emotional um, first aid kit, which is 20 years of all my work. um, And it's um, coping strategies. It's got 20 tools and techniques of how to cope with your feelings. It's also got um, six of the most commonly asked questions I get asked by clients. And it's also got parts of my journey and which are told as a story hopefully so that you feel seen and heard and don't think you're a complete weirdo and there's loads of things wrong with you maybe you see yourself in it but you know when you have been living in survival mode all your life um, you, you can think bloody hell what's wrong with me why is this not working why is that not working and the reason I've created the toolkit is for you to experiment with that because what works for me might not work for you and vice versa and it is really an adventure an exploration an experiment, and um, it's putting the putting the time in to be with yourself and work out what you needed. Because when you were a kid, people didn't help you work that, that shit out. Which brings me on to a little story I'm going to tell you to start off today's episode. So when you come to therapy, one of the jobs of a therapist or a coach is to mirror back to you. Some people might call that reflection. Some people might call that active listening. You're not just listening to respond. You're actually listening to what's not being said. You're listening to um, what the client is saying so that you can so that you can like you're holding a mirror up to the client. okay? and one of the reasons why that's so important is because um, it helps you notice how you feel, helps you work out who you are and where your place is in the world. Um, But the connecting you to your feelings part is the most important part, right? Because if we don't connect to our feelings, we get anxious. That's what anxiety is. It's just a disconnect from who we are. And eventually we get depressed, which is when we shut down emotionally and cut off from those emotional parts of ourselves. Right? That's what I believe anxiety and depression is. It's an unpopular opinion. If you go to a doctor, he'll say, oh, it's the chemical imbalance in your brain. Take these tablets. I don't think it is the chemical imbalance in your brain. And, you know, that's how doctors work. They work with a what's wrong with you? I'll just look it up in my handbook and then I'll prescribe you some medicine to make it better. But what if it was just your body's way of telling you something? What if that was your body trying to communicate something with you? That's where I come from with my school of thinking. So let me tell you this little story. Um, When I was nannying, um, part of my job as a nanny was to mirror back to the children who they were. And that's part of their development. So I used to look after this little boy. Let's call him Tom. (coughs) I can't tell you his real name. And Tom, one day we were in the park walking along. And a pigeon came down, swooped down and was flapping its wings. (coughs) Right in front of us, and it scared Tom, and he crashed into the pushchair that I was pushing and banged his head. Bless his little heart. Tom is three, by the way. He's little. And he was a little three. He was the very little and cute, blonde haired little thing. Beautiful. So <clears throat> I stopped pushing the pushchair and I bent down and I said to him, wow what happened and he's rubbing his head and he's like my head hurts and I said oh let's have a look at your head <clears throat> and then he lets me look at his head and I kiss it and I say and I said can I can I stroke it but yeah stroke it better so I'm stroking it and I said would you like a cuddle pick me up pick me up pick me up so I, I've just picked him up and I'm giving him a cuddle and he has a little cry so his nervous system is calming down and releasing the fear and the hurt and he's the tears are washing all that away and then he looks at me and I said what happened he said the pigeon the pigeon <laughs> I said the pigeon came down and he's nodding at me and smiling I said the pigeon just came down it was a big surprise and you went wah and your body jumped up and you hit your head on the pushchair." and he and he starts rubbing his head and I said ow that really hurt didn't it He says, yes. And I said, but you were really shocked and scared. So I'm labelling the feelings and he doesn't, he's learning these words, but he knows now that that feeling he felt in his body when that happened was shocked and scared. And he used to speak sort of like as toddlers do, I scared the pigeon. You were scared of the pigeon. Yes. He just came out of nowhere. Yes. And so we're having this conversation. And then he starts laughing. So like now the sads have gone. He's got a story to tell that now the pigeon came down. He was shocked and scared. That's how you respond when you're shocked and scared. Ouch, I hurt my head. You understand how I feel. You pick me up. We have a cuddle. I cry. Now we're laughing and we're off to the park again. Do you See what I mean? All of that is what's called mirroring. I'm holding a mirror up to his experience and I'm helping him find language to make sense of it because otherwise what children do is they make it their fault because they're very solipsistic, narcissistic. That's part of their development. I made the pigeon. I must have done something to make the pigeon do that. I wasn't paying attention. Well, look at it if I'd have done it a different way. If I was a stressed mum pushing the pushchair... And he did that. And I, and then the baby started crying. And then I said to him, don't cry. It's just a pigeon. It's not going to hurt you. It's all right. You should have been paying attention. Why are you walking there? Why are you not holding on to the pushchair like I asked you to? So I could have told him off, shamed him, not helped him work out his experience at all, not soothed him and there, there, there did better, made him wrong for having these inconvenient feelings because now the baby's crying and I need to go and feed the baby. Do you see what I mean? So now there's no mirroring happening there. There's just a lot of shaming, dismissal. Also, I probably would be exhibiting panic and fear because I'm worrying about the baby. And so that that sends a message of confusion. That child is alone with all those feelings with no one to help them process them. There's no one to comfort them. And um they're probably frightened as well and they will blame themselves. I should have walked closer to the buggy. I didn't listen to Mummy. Do you see? Do you see how those two situations are different? And and so what happens to the child that grows up in the second scenario is that they have a lot of doubt about the way that they feel. They check in with another person to see how they're feeling. They're anxious. They may eventually get depressed and shut down because they're cutting off from their feelings because they're learning feelings are shameful bad wrong inconvenient and they make other people angry actually so um that's why mirroring is so important so when you go to therapy a therapist will mirror back to you who you are and you learn to just dis- you discover how you feel about stuff you discover who you are and you find your place in the world so i i developed this emotional first aid kit um and in it is what we call top-down and bottom-up approaches to dealing with your feelings. So top-down is, is going in through the mind. So it's looking at things like journaling and your thoughts and beliefs, which we do at Journaling Your Jammies as well. If you, if you join us for that, it's the last Wednesday of the month where we get together and we all journal together. It's free. I'll put a link in the show notes. You're very welcome to join us. But I just want to read you what this lady wrote to me. Um, just see if I can pull up her... Testimonial. She said, Hi, Lisa, I just wanted to say thank you for creating this. I've been struggling for years, but in the last 18 months, I felt helpless. My heart goes out to her because the doctors just tell me I'm depressed. And because I don't want to take antidepressants, there's nothing else they can do to help me. I feel beyond exhausted with life after years of people pleasing in survival mode. Reading um, the course description. So she's talking about the emotional uh, first aid kit. I thought, God, someone else actually gets it. I'm not going crazy. I might actually be able to smile again without swallowing down the tears. Because the doctor's saying, oh, there's something so wrong with you that I can't do anything about it unless you take these tablets, which is absolute bullshit. And that makes me cross because when you're depressed, you feel so hopeless anyway you go to a doctor who's an expert hoping to get something to help you feel better. And he says, well, you take these tablets or not. They're your choices. They are not your choices, people. And, and please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm not saying that antidepressants don't work. I'm not anti-medication. I'm not anti-doctors. I'm not. I have taken antidepressants for six months and then we myself off them. I am pro-choice. I'm pro you doing what you feel is right for you. At the time I took medication, I was at a point in my life where I was so emotionally dysregulated and all my trauma, I was swimming in my trauma, drowning in it more like, and I couldn't hold myself. I couldn't, I couldn't, there wasn't enough space inside of me. I was having regular therapy as well. And the doctor knew that. Um, So, so I, I did go on um, citalopram. It was 20 milligrams of citalopram for six months and then I said I don't like the way these feel because what a lot of these meds do is they cut you off from your feelings okay hello how did you get here in the first place you didn't have that mirroring you didn't have a parent that responded to your feelings you already cut off from that part of yourself you're masking it you're papering over the cracks but what I'm saying is maybe you need those meds to hold you whilst you do the work of learning how to feel your feelings and getting back in touch with yourself again uh, she said I now have the challenge of creating time for me to work through the course but I know that if I don't find the time my daughters are never going to have the mother I know I could be oh that just makes me so sad reading that there's a woman who oh this makes me teary there's a woman who wants something better for her kids she acknowledges that she's not in a good place she wants to do something about that and no one's helping her and I I thank her for sending me that message because it helps me understand what's happening for other people and how I can create things and support them more in their healing, right? So yeah, that emotional first kit's got top-down stuff, which is going in through the mind and looking at the thoughts and dealing with the, well, the inner critic, the mind monkeys, whatever you want to call it. And then bottom up, which is going in through the body and regulating the nervous system. It's got both of those approaches. Why, why is this about tarot therapy? Because my journaling technique that I've developed uses tarot and oracle cards. So I'm going to have to rewind a bit and tell you a bit about how I got into that so that you can understand it. But they do play the role of mirroring. They play a role of mirroring and showing you stuff that you can't see. And I like to teach that to people because then they don't have to keep going to therapy for the rest of their lives. Like when they get to a good place and they're stabilised and they feel good about themselves, then they've got tools to be able to regulate themselves. That's where I'm at. My healing, oh, I have regular supervision because of my job, but I only go back to my therapist and unpack another layer of shit because I've reached a point where it's touched on a really old hurty bit and lots of really deep old trauma is coming up to be healed but for the rest of the time just to get through daily life and daily triggers and all the rest of it I can pretty much take care of myself now you know I've got that I've got that connection with myself I understand myself I'm listening to myself I'm aware of of what life is like for me and how I deal with that Okay, so I always had an interest in mediums. So I'm going to talk about tarot in the context of going to see a psychic medium. So lots of psychics have different ways of connecting to energy or to source or to you. They might hold an object of someone who passed. They might ask you for for a piece of your jewellery. They might um, scribble on a piece of paper. They might have a crystal ball. They might use tarot cards. I loved tarot cards. I would go and see people. I can remember going to Boston with my sister. So my sister is crew for British Airways. We went to Boston and we went to a place called Salem, which is just outside of of Boston. And it's where the witches museum is. And the witches were burnt at the stake and witches were really healers, but they were scapegoated and said that they were weird and what have you. And, um, It was really, really fascinating. And while we were there, we found this crystal shop and there was a dude in there that gave me a a reading. And um, I might have told the story on here before, but he told me that I was going to be working with kids and he could see all these little kids reaching out to me. He told me that I had a gift and that I was... um, highly intuitive and had a you know a direct connection to source which you know we all do all of us are intuitive all of us have the ability to connect to all that is the energy source energy some of us are more attuned to it than others but it's like a muscle you can grow that and when you've been abused from a young age the first thing to go is they cut you off from that muscle from that intuition because then they can control you if you're listening to your gut feelings and doing stuff for yourself they can't control you so that that's the first thing the first thing to go and this dude said to me you should go to spiritual church and you should learn he said if you went on a course for mediumship you would be you would pick it up straight away and people would be thinking wow how does she know that how is she good at that what happened was when i started working with kids i started to get like um like images coming into my head of things and uh when they were talking to me and I realised that I was getting help from somewhere because I was being told I I sort of trusted that. And I would say, why am I seeing this or why am I getting a sense of that? And then the client would be chatting away about that because it was I was picking up on what, what was going on for them. And I thought about what this dude said. And then I bought tarot card I bought oracle cards into my work so I remember the first time I went to have Reiki with my Reiki healer and at the end of the session she said let's pick a card and she had all the cards like laid out in a circle on the table with crystals in the middle and the one I picked was it was break free it was a dolphin jumping out of the water it was a Doreen Virtue um I think it was Dolphins and Mermaids pack it's a really old pack I don't even know if you can get it now and that image stuck with me. And it was so powerful because it actually kind of mirrored back to me everything we'd learned in the session. And what I took away was that dolphin jumping out of the water. And that was in my unconscious. And so so then my unconscious is being driven by a need for breaking free by seeing that I'm trapped by my own thoughts, by my own feelings, which is how you feel when you're depressed. You feel trapped. You feel like you've got no which way to go. But you're not trapped. It's just that no one's ever taught you how to navigate yourself your feeling self do you know what I mean um and then what I remember when I went traveling to the states I'm just thinking of experiences I've had with tarot cards and by this point I was getting really adept at reading the cards and one of the ways that I'd learned that was one through my mate my my best friend who we used to go out for a uh, Meet up for a cup of tea and she'd bring her cards with her and she'd say let's 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 sling a few cards let's see what the cards say then I bought my own deck of cards and um, I started watching pick a card readings on YouTube not because I was trying to get my future forecasted but because I was trying to learn what all the cards meant you know in a tarot deck you've got swords, cups, wands and pentacles so like the four suits you get in a in a pack of cards and they all have different energies and then you learn what the cards mean but I found that when I used the tarot cards to read for myself I was I had a book on the tarot and I was trying to look up what each card meant and actually I was much better at looking all the cards I'd pulled as a bigger picture and reading them intuitively like looking at what the pictures were doing and the colours and you start to develop a relationship with the cards. And this is mirroring. This is this would be like what a therapist would do if they were sitting in front of you. You start to realise, oh, when that happens, that means that. And when I see, you know, that card, that reminds me of that. And you make your own meaning out of it. And um, so, yeah, so I through watching picker cards, <laughs> I started to pull cards for myself. And I realised actually I didn't need to know. What all the tarot meant, I just needed to have a relationship with the cards. So then I started journaling with the cards and developing like my own connection with them, which was really a connection with my higher self. It was a connection back to my intuition. And I was also strengthening that muscle by working with the children. I was mirroring back to them who they were. But through that, I was also starting to trust my own instincts and trust my own sense of like what was happening. Um, and I just always found the cards reassuring, which which is which I've always been seeking reassurance since I was a kid. So, you know, if you go back to that story I told about the pigeon and the and Tom hitting his head, I was child number two. Like I doubted how I felt. I thought my feelings were wrong and bad. I got punished for having some feelings. Also, I lived with a parent who had a very um who projected a lot, so couldn't take responsibility and was never wrong. So I would pipe up and say something and that parent would say back to me, I never said that, that never happened. That's called gaslighting, by the way. And then you start to doubt yourself. But all of this disconnect from yourself is what creates anxiety, which eventually leads to depression. It eventually leads to you cutting off from your emotional self because all the messages you're getting about it is my feelings are bad. The truth is your feelings are your internal satnav, and every feeling is neither good nor bad. It's a messenger. It tells you something about yourself. It helps you make sense of your likes, of your dislikes, Of what you want, what you desire, what you need. You need to be connected to your feelings to be a human being. We're feelings beings. That's how we make our way in the world. And if you're a wild heart, which is a highly sensitive person, you live through your heart. So to be cut off from that part of yourself is so lonely and so freaking painful, right? No wonder you've sink into depression. You're not connected to yourself anymore. You're not connected to yourself and you feel lots of self-doubt, lots of confusion and you blame yourself. And so I also then made a deck of um, cards for kids. They're called my smiley thought cards. I'll put a link to them in the show notes. They're amazing if you're doing in the child work as well. I used to pull one at the end of the session for the kids. And then I realized how much the kids love them because they were mirrors. And I was teaching them how to mirror back to themselves what they're feeling. So, say they came to a session and they'd be like, I've had a row with my friend, and yada, yada, yada. And they so I'd, I'd do the whole what happened. It sounds like you felt upset about that. What's the feelings? I felt sad. I felt jealous. I felt left out, whatever, whatever. Okay. So then we'd work through all the feelings. And then we would pick a card and the card they pick, let's just say it said, I am a good friend to others. And they would be like, that's what we just talked about. And I was like, I know. And then they would come to the sessions and say, like from the off, from the get go, can we just pick cards today? So some sessions for 45 minutes, we would just play with the cards. Because the children were recognising that the cards um, we're mirroring back to them what they thought and that was and that gives you confidence doesn't it that goes oh yeah I am feeling like that and none of it is wrong there's no shaming minimizing blaming like the cards like me they understand me good enough mirroring so I remember when I was traveling in Boston I went on a little road trip I went to Canada I did Toronto Boston and then I came back via New York for a little bit of shopping it was just before the pandemic actually so I haven't really been on a big adventure like that since the pandemic. I don't know if any of you guys have or how you feel about travelling. But I went to Boston and I stayed in this Airbnb with this really lovely lady. And um, I'd been out into town and bought myself a new tarot deck. And I came back and um, she said, what you got there? And I said, oh, I've just bought a tarot deck. And she said, oh, do you read cards? And I said, I dabble. I said, but, you know, it's not really my thing. because the other thing is is that when you're helping people with trauma, you don't want people to start um misusing the energy of the cards. You know there's there's kind of a respect there, there's a sacredness about them and um and also you don't want people misreading them and misinterpreting them and you don't want people also using them to forecast what's going to happen in their lives because Again, that just feeds into the belief that they have no control and that life is controlling them and actually life is happening for them and they have choices and they are in control. And that's not true. And it's not what they're for, not the way I use them. And so she said, do you want a coffee? Can can you do a reading for me? And so I did do a reading for her and I picked up that there was a trouble between her and her partner. And um, sorry, just having a slurp of my tea. And so we ended up staying up till quite late at night, slinging cards and talking and helping her work out what she needed to do about this relationship. And that's pretty much what I do when people come to see me. So I've actually called the sessions Tarot Therapy Sessions because they're kind of like one off sessions where someone will come with a specific issue that they feel confused about or they're doubting themselves and they're not sure. And we'll sling a few cards And let the cards do the talking. Uh, You know, I'm just facilitating, giving clarity and helping the client interpret the messages and hopefully give them some answers that they've been seeking for or they've been searching for. So that was really exciting. And then recently, more recently, I read for my friend. I read for my friend who rung up and i hadn't spoken to her for a long time and she was saying that she wasn't feeling good but i couldn't she wasn't really saying why and then she said oh have you got your cards there and i was like yeah i've got my cards let's pull a few cards and so i picked up that there was something i said what's going on with you and your dad i've got a sense that there's something not right between you and you and your dad and then i sort of said and this is what's happening with your mom and why is that and da, 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 da. And she was like oh my god that's exactly what's happening so, I I I can't explain it to you. I just think I don't know. I, I I wonder how much of it is a trauma response because when you've been abused and you've been taken to the edge of unconsciousness and had your psyche smashed into a million pieces, you you do. Um, You know, like your boundaries are broken. So you're very open to everything, which is why you become hypervigilant and you can read the energy in the room and all the things. Some people online call that being an empath. I just call that having a lot of trauma and needing more emotional and energetic boundaries and having very high. I suppose you do have high levels of empathy, which is why it's called being an empath. Um, So that and then actually what went on to happen after that, unfortunately, her dad got really sick and got taken ill and um, yeah I, I, I again I didn't see that in the cards the cards didn't show me that the cards were just showing me what was happening in the relationship between her and her dad and we pulled some cards for some advice and said you know what do we think we should do but that wasn't me telling her what to do that was me saying well this card means this and this card means this and so what what do you want to do about it? Again, empowering the client, I'm always about empowering the client, giving the client what they need to help them through struggle or difficult times. And the cards are just such a, a, a source of comfort for that. So that's how I how I got into it and how they work. And I have noticed online, I did a little Google search, and some people do use tarot cards and some people are calling it tarot therapy and yeah I am going to be using it in my um you got the love 30-day journal experience which starts on the 1st of June so what's going to happen is I've got a list of so you you get a video from me every day and I've got a list of questions which are all connected into cultivating more self-love and loving yourself more and if you and if you um If you listen to the podcast, there's loads of ways that I talk about loving yourself or not loving yourself as the case may be. So have a scoop back and listen to old episodes because that might give you some insights. But every day I'm going to ask a question and I'm going to pull a card live as we go. Like it's not pre-recorded, like on day one I'll wake up, I'll say, this is your question for the day. Let's say day one is, what is self-love or do you love yourself? And then I'm going to pull a card and I'm going to talk through what I'm seeing on the card and then I'm going to pop it in the Facebook group and I'll also pop it on the course platform and then people will be encouraged to do what's called free full journaling which is what I teach at my uh, journaling your jammies which is my end of the month free workshop that I do. If you go on my website you can see previous journal in your jammies classes if you want to understand more about how that works but freeful writing is writing beyond the voice of the inner critic that criticism mean girl nasty voice and getting to the gold the the higher self the the good stuff underneath that And using the cards as a vehicle to see what you need to see so that you'll have a question and the cards will be mirroring back to you the answer. And every single person that comes into that group will have a different experience of that card. How can that be? But I know that from watching picker cards on tarot, tarot from tarot readers on YouTube from learning, because how can everyone watching the same video write in the comments that it's all pertinent to their situation? because the cards are just a mirror they're just showing you the stuff that you need to see especially and I have these we all have blind spots like um there is one tarot card spread that I do in tarot therapy called unlock your magic and I've done a whole episode on how that works but one of the cards is what is blocking me so you can answer your own questions you know you can take your head out of your own butthole and work (laughs) out Because it's a blind spot. And like, that's why I go to therapy and supervision. I say, oh, I'm really struggling with this client. I feel like I could be doing more and blah, blah, blah. And what do you think about this? And what do you think about that? And we'll chew the fat on it. And she'll chuck in a few suggestions. and But mostly she'll be asking questions and getting me to reflect and holding a mirror up to how I'm feeling and what I'm saying. And by doing that, I can move beyond the stuckness or the fear or the sadness or the anger just like i helped tom move through his hurt head and fear of of the pigeon of the bird so um yeah it's really it, it it's really really powerful and so in the you've got the love journal 30 day journal experience so we're going to do that for 30 days for 30 days i'm going to Ask a question, pull a card and get people to free full journal on it for what, five minutes? They can journal for longer if they've got longer, but it's only five minutes a day. Five minutes a day of that for 30 days is going to foster a really strong connection with your intuition, your higher power, your inner voice, whatever you want to call it. It's that little voice that whispers to you when you meet someone for the first time and says, um... I don't like that person. And then you push that voice aside and go, don't be mean. Be kind. Give them a chance. Only to find out a few months later that that little voice was right. It's not the voice of fear. The different voices. Inner critic is shaming, fearful, wants to keep you small. It's trying to protect you really, but it's not helpful. And the voice of your higher power, your true self wants the best for you, wants you to expand, wants you to do well, wants you to move forward, wants you to get what you want from life, you know. And so as well as doing that 30 days of journaling, there's also going to be four workshops, four workshops on self-love and I'm going to help you work out what self-love looks like for you, even if you're a super busy person and you don't think you've got time to do self-love. I'm going to help you come up with a plan and execute it. Because, and I'm also going to get you to look at why you're not letting love in and see if you can expand your capacity to let love in. Because a lot of us push it away because it feels too much. If we've been raised in abuse and dysfunction, you know, love came with pain and love also came with conditions. So to let love in feels really scary. How can I trust it? How do I know that it's not going to hurt me? Well, we don't. And to be honest, in relationships, people do hurt one another, don't they? That's part of. Human condition Um, as part of being in relationship, it can't be um, you know roses smelling of roses and be all rainbows and unicorns all the time. It's not really how life works. So yeah, so I'm really excited about you got the love. It starts on the first of June, and it uses tarot therapy as almost like a therapeutic modality, like a, a, a toolkit, and it's teaching you that you can do that for yourself at any point. And you're going to get really fluent in it and you're going to have, start to have a relationship with the cards. You're going to connect into their energy and everyone's going to have a different experience of it. That's what blows my mind. But it's neither right nor wrong. It just is what it is for you. And it's learning to trust yourself. It's building confidence, It's building self-trust. It's getting rid of that confusion. It's getting rid of that self-doubt and that self-blame. Yeah, so that's really cool. I'm really excited about that. So, yeah, so my love of tarot cards has been going on for a number of years now. And it's my favourite way to work with people just because I, f- I think it's so empowering. Because what you don't want, and I see this with a lot of people, is when you go to your therapist or your coach or your healer or whatever, obviously you you see them as the expert. But that's dangerous because you're putting your power outside of you and saying, They know what's right for me. I don't know what's right for you. I wouldn't be so arrogant as to think so. I have no idea what's right for you. I know what's healthy. (laughs) And I know I know what's good for a human being. But whether that's right or wrong for you, only you can decide that. So it's much better, isn't it, to give people uh, the tools and a way for them to become their own emotion coach effectively. Um, and I think in order to do that you need to connect back to your sensitivity and your intuition and so many of us have been cut off from both of those things I've already talked about the intuition but we're cut off from our sensitivity because we're told you're too much you're too sensitive I was only joking and that's gaslighting as well you're not too much and they probably weren't joking but they've l- nicely twisted that around and made it your fault so, yeah. Um, and and if you've been gaslit before, um, you start to gaslight yourself, which is what self-doubt is really. If you're around someone who keeps twisting everything around and blaming it on you or denying your experience or not being accountable for things that they've done you will start to blame yourself and you'll start to gaslight yourself. And the only way to heal from that, or this is how I've healed from that, is by strengthening the connection with yourself and connecting to your higher power, to your intuitive voice, to the true self. So, yeah. So I'd love you to come along and try it. You can either book a tarot therapy session with me. You can just have one session as like a troubleshooting session. Or you can have... uh, buy a block of sessions and learn you know the more that you have those sessions with me the more you'll understand how it works or just come along to you've got the love and learn in a group because imagine the amount of mirroring that's going to go on in a group situation we'll all be in a group and when groups come together people normally have similar wounds or similar stories there's overlapping story so there's a lot of empathy and there'll be a lot of mirroring to one another it's going to be great. It's going to be so good. I can't wait. I can't wait. And um, yeah, I think it's going to be fun too. It's a very different energy to my inner child healing circle if you've been on that because that's very deep work. It's very, very deep work. Whereas this is a lot This is a lot lighter and um, fun. Lighter and fun. So I'm going to leave it there for today, but I'll put all the links for that in the show notes for you. And I hope you'll be able to join us. And I will see you next time on the Wild Heart Diaries. Until then, stay wild, choose love. So much love to you. Bye for now.